Welcome once again to the Ohio State of Mind, powered by Scarlet Gray Sports Radio, alongside Tyler Danberg. I'm Caleb Spinner. First off, before we get started, because we have a packed episode for you guys today, breaking down everything since Wednesday of last week. So we've got a lot to talk about, a lot to get to, uh, starting to get into that point of the season where conference tournaments begin. Uh, an exciting time always for sports fans, so we're going to be getting into that. But first, thank you so much for being patient with us with some of the delays we had last week. We hope that this longer episode makes up for the delays. Uh, we certainly are going to be bringing you the two a week still as we go later into this month. Uh, but thank you again for being patient with us as we uh, figured out our uploading schedule. Uh, now being back home after uh, uh, being back home now for summer break. Uh, so Tyler, we have a lot here to get to. Let's just get right into it. Starting off with the Wednesday affair. Baseball was at Kent State Wednesday, March or Wednesday, May 4th. Excuse me. It's summer. It's not spring anymore. At 6 p.m., the Buckeyes outshined the Golden Flashes 8 to 6. Marcus Ernst was the biggest bat for me uh, when I was looking at that stat sheet. Two runs, three hits, and two RBI in four at bats. And the Ohio State pitchers, they combined for only 10 strikeouts, which, given that there were multiple of them, is not that big a number. Most of the defensive work, though, was done by the outfielders who had an impressive game against Kent State. And it was about time when the entire defense, Caleb, showed up, came to work because they lead the Big Ten by far in errors. And they finally came out in a non-conference game, in an in-state game, when they have had troubles with the leather. They finally come out, play good defensive ball. And we're going to get to some of the improvements that were made when we talk about the Northwestern series. But the thing that buffers us between talking about that and this one right now is men's lacrosse, who is at, who is against Rutgers at the Big Ten semifinal Thursday, May fifth. Uh, the Buckeyes eliminated the Scarlet, or were eliminated by the Scarlet Knights, twelve to ten. A close game. Jackson Reed was the game leader with five goals, and Jack Myers was tied for the game high with three assists. Ohio State they finished the season ten and five overall, three and two in the Big Ten. But as was reported yesterday, Ohio State has earned an at-large bid for the NCAA tournament. A close loss to end the season, Tyler, but still, I think you've got some pretty good footing if you're Ohio State going into this at-large berth. Now, what it means in terms of the tournament, we're not sure yet who will who Ohio State will be put up against, what that bracket's going to look like. We're not entirely sure of those details yet, but the fact that Ohio State made it to the NCAA tournament riding high off a great season, even with just this slight slip up at the end, I think does a lot for their confidence. Well, first off, let's put it out this way. Ohio State will be playing, I believe, the seven-seed Cornell. They will be playing Cornell. I'm not sure whether they're a seven-seed. But what's interesting is that these two teams played against each other. It was a 14-11 to victory for the Big Red. But Ohio State played really well. Now, going back to this Rutgers game, Rutgers all season, a thorn in Ohio State's side. That was like one of the Buckeyes' own kryptonite. One of their only kryptonite. And that's what Rutgers was. They call it the NASCAR offense. High-powered, they don't stop. They only play in one direction. And Ohio State just not able to handle it. But they've had a remarkable season, and it was good and justified for them to get into the NCAA tournament in a really packed field. How about this? No Duke, no Syracuse, no Notre Dame. Doesn't happen too often. But it did this year, and Ohio State got in over those teams. Certainly a feat when you can jump a bunch of mainstays like that, some of the greater lacrosse schools uh, in the country, 
being able to get a berth over them. And if it is indeed Cornell, not sure where the seeding stacks up once again, but if it is Cornell, you've got a shot at revenge, not only trying to wipe the loss out of your mouth, of course, the, the bad taste that the loss left uh, to Rutgers there to end the year or end the conference tournament, I should say, now that uh, they have an NCAA berth. But then you also get to show revenge against Cornell potentially, which has got to add some added incentive uh, for Ohio State. And it helps, too, that these two teams have played each other. So they're going to already have a competitive edge and a preparation edge on what they need to look out for. They have a common opponent in themselves. So they can go back to that game, look at that, and see what happened, and look at some of those takeaways and make adjustments, which I think is going to be really fascinating. Always great when you can learn not only from how you played against the team, but how your opponent played against the same team, dissect what they do, and that gives you a lot more incentive or a lot more uh, insight into the coming matchup. Now talking once again about baseball before we get to our softball series. Baseball was at Northwestern Saturday and Sunday. There was a doubleheader on Saturday. The Buckeyes, and I don't mean this lightly when I say it, blew out the Wildcats in the three-game conference series. Game one was a 14-6 victory. Game two was a 25-9 triumph. And game three was a 6-5 win, barely squeaking by in that game three, but still pulling off 45 runs over those last three games against Northwestern. Here's that for context, Tyler. I crunched the numbers. I did the math. 45 runs in the Northwestern series. That's as many runs as they had in their first six games of the season, Ohio State. And it's more than their last seven losses, which totaled to 42. An incredible comeback series for Ohio State. Maybe one of the best weekend performances of any Big Ten team this year in conference play. And it belongs to the second to last team in the conference standings, Ohio State, the offense, just looked so good. They have been really good this year. I think a team that has been at kind of that underrated level this year is Ohio State's offense, and they finally had that big breakout. How about that Saturday doubleheader? You look at that alone, and over 40 runs were scored. The Buckeyes, they had Brent Totis, the catcher. He had eight hits. He had two four-eight ball games. Zach Dezenzo had six hits. Mitchell Oakley went five for seven. Kate Kern went four for eight. Marcus Ernst, your boy, had four hits on the day. And then they squeaked out a nice little comeback victory with a big ninth inning in game three on Sunday. A lot of fight after what many thought could be a hangover type of Sunday, and rightfully so after that performance on Saturday. Now, here's the question, though, Tyler, because Ohio State, like you said, second to last team in the Big Ten, currently on a four-game win streak with nine games left in the season before the conference tournament. You've got Campbell coming up Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you've got a three-game series Friday, Saturday, Sunday against Penn State, which is another uh, sample of conference action breaking up that Campbell non-conference series that you have earlier in the week. But where is Ohio State's confidence-wise right now? They're riding high, of course, off the win streak, but you're also not in great shape in terms of how the conference tournament is going to stack up. Well, the confidence level has to be soaring, but there's got to be some of the wind taken out of the sails because they have one more conference series left. they got to sweep it 
but they got to go through a tough non-conference opponent in Campbell first, and that can that can suck a lot out of your momentum right there because Campbell, good mid-major team, they crushed Ohio State when they played each other early on in the year. But confidence has to be high, and here's why. Because with this final series coming up against Penn State, and we'll talk about that more as we move, for, move closer to that. Now, it's interesting because if they can get a sweep out of Penn State, well, that can make things interesting because Ohio State, they wrap up their conference schedule a week earlier than most teams do. I think a couple other teams do as well. I believe Purdue, maybe Nebraska, but Ohio State right now, they've got six wins in conference play. They're a couple spots outside that eight spot in the conference standings. Now, the top eight teams in the conference get in to the Big Ten tournament. So a big weekend against the Nittany Lions where this confidence can carry in and carry over if they can try and top the Campbell Camels, if that can carry over into Penn State, try and win them, win them a couple of ball games, things could get interesting in the conference standings just because Ohio State, their record's going to be protected that next weekend. Who knows what happens to Northwestern, to Michigan State, to Nebraska. They could fall, and Ohio State can move up. So anything can happen as we move closer. Of course, if you're Ohio State, you don't want your fate to be in the hands of these other teams, uh, having to rely on them to fall deeper in that week off that you guys, that you have, of course, uh, as we just outlined the Buckeyes do. It, it's tough, though, Tyler, because you're asking for a series sweep, which Ohio State has, I believe, done for the first time with Northwestern. I don't remember another sweep this, ser- this season. So you're asking for Ohio State to play their best baseball in the last few games of the year, which is a huge task and a huge ask uh, of them, especially against a Penn State team that is currently ten and eight and over five hundred. But hey, anything can happen. That's the beauty of baseball. It's a great sport. It's a magical sport. The best team on that day might not win. Getting into softball now, they were at Maryland for a scheduled four games, but the first two were postponed uh, in Maryland. The Buckeyes swept the last two games against the Terrapins. Game one and two were postponed, as I mentioned, but game three was a six zero win. And Game 4 was an 8-5 to victory for the Buckeyes. Hanley, Ruck, and Smith, the three pitchers who threw from the circle in this series, combined for 12 hits allowed. And Nikki Carver, over the series, had three runs, six hits, and six RBI. She was the biggest bat for softball. I think Nikki Carver has been an interesting piece to Ohio State in her four years. She's the highest active tenure Buckeye, and it's not even close. Taylor Pack is behind her. She's got a lot of experience, but not as much as Carver. She's really taken on a lot this year. Her contact is up, average is up, power is way up. And she showed that this weekend. How about a shout-out to head coach Kelly Kovac-Shanley, win number 300 in the second game of the doubleheader. She's the fastest coach in program history to reach 300 wins in just 486 games. Pretty darn impressive from what Coach Shanley has been able to do. Next series due up for Ohio State is a game against Purdue to start off the Big Ten tournament. 
The Buckeyes finished this regular season 33-14 and with a 13-9 and conference record. We'll preview their Big Ten matchup going forward here as we get into our preview of the weekend. But the last thing I have for you, Tyler, obviously we read the record uh, both overall in the conference. It's no... Uh, it's no stretch of the imagination to say that softball is in a better position than Ohio State baseball right now. I don't, I don't think it's not fair to say that. But where is Ohio State softball entering the conference tournament? We talked about baseball being a low in the rankings, having to pull out a miracle, uh, have their second series sweep uh, with their first being just this weekend in order to get themselves into a big chance or a higher seed for the tournament and then praying to whatever God you believe in that they that the rest of the Big Ten falls during your week off. But softball is one of the top teams in the conference. They're one of the better teams in the nation, dare I say. Is their mindset different going into Purdue than Ohio State baseball's is? Well, I think their mindset is. And here's why, in my opinion, because if they get a couple of conference tournament wins, that basically solidifies them a spot in the Big Dance, the NCAA tournament. That'll probably secure them a spot, even without a spot in an NCAA regional. Whether they host is probably out of the question unless they go to the championship in the Big Ten or win the Big Ten championship. Then that will probably get them to host a regional in Columbus. That's almost out of the question. But I think for their NCAA tournament hopes, I think their mindset comes in, hey, let's come out here. Let's stop Purdue, and then the winner goes on to take Illinois. The winner of that goes on to take on Nebraska. So Ohio State, they control their own destiny here. They're a team that likes to beat what is made out to be superior opponents because they like to beat ranked teams. They've taken series wins against Nebraska. They've played tough against Northwestern, the top team in the conference. So. Make no mistake, Ohio State's here to compete. They're here to play, and their seeding and where the tournament shakes up favors them pretty greatly here. Getting in now to our preview of the weekend, women's golf is at the NCAA Regional uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, all day, those three days. The location is TBA, so make sure you're checking OhioStateBuckeyes.com for that information. As we said earlier, baseball hosts Campbell Tuesday and Wednesday, May 10th and 11th. I don't know why I keep saying March. It's way too sunny outside to be March in Ohio. May 10th at 6.05, Wednesday, May 11th at 3.05 at Bill Davis Stadium. You can watch both of those games on Big Ten+. Plus. And then finally, again, one that we mentioned in our usual discussion, softball at Big Ten Tournament. They'll play the Purdue Boilermakers 24-30 and 30 overall, 7-15 and 15 in the Big Ten. That game will be at East Lansing, Michigan on Wednesday, May 11th at 11.30 a.m. Make sure you're tuning into that and cheering on Ohio State softball as they enter their conference tournament. Our question of the day, available on Spotify and on Twitter, at State of Mind OSU. Which season is best in terms of sports? Fall, winter, or spring slash summer? I'm pushing those two together because baseball... And, uh, baseball and track, they start in the summer, or start in the spring, and then they they bleed into the summer. So I'm counting those as the same series, uh, as the same season. I'm gonna take the spring. I think the fall's great. I think it's awesome. But the spring, you just get everything, just get everything in bloom. I should say it's just all everything has come about, especially in college athletics. When softball and baseball come around, it's a sign of spring. 
you get lacrosse, you get you get track and field, you get everything going on, and it's just a, a nice turn of things. So I I like the, the the spring in college athletics. I'd say in sports as a whole, give me the month of October, and I'll be set. But in co- collegiate athletics, I like the spring. Spring almost had me for a minute because of track, which every anybody who knows me knows that. Uh, Throwing discus is the only thing that I was athletically decent at. Uh, So that almost had me. However, the week where we had a bunch of rain delays and then that Penn State series where everything kept getting rescheduled until three weeks or so after the fact, that's what took me off spring because you can get so excited about a certain matchup and then it gets rained out and tough luck. You know, so that's the thing that kept me away from spring. I'm going to take winter, though. Because I think it's two of my favorite sports go on at the same time, especially in terms of college sports, uh, of hockey and basketball. I think if you just give me a winter sports season, of course, I love the Browns. I love Ohio State football. To not have football during the year would be tough. But if I just have hockey and basketball all year, I don't think that would be tough for me. I don't think that would be a situation that I would not want to live in. I think think that's fair. I, I think winter is probably pound for pound the season where we've got the best, not necessarily quality, but just the best lineup and the best makeup of of sports. Like in December at Ohio State last year, Caleb, in the, the early afternoon, there was top 25 basketball between Wisconsin and Ohio State. And then later that night, same place, same day, we had a top 20 hockey matchup in Michigan, Ohio State. You, now, I think you say that as if you were there. there. Well, we were there, you and I, calling both of those games. But I think that was the only one really where we could have things happen because in the fall, you can't have a football game and then another game happen because other games are scheduled either as away games or just not happening that day because of – football taking place on campus baseball and softball always happen at the same time regardless of where the venue is in the spring lacrosse men's and women's that happens the same way as well sometimes you might get women's lacks playing before or after men's but that usually doesn't happen but you can have that with basketball and hockey and have it happen on the same day so i think you definitely get a good edge in that I'm glad you brought the scheduling into it because that's something that blanked. Well, not necessarily blanked because it's something you always think about when you're discussing, you know, this debate that we have about which sport, uh, which season is the best in terms of sports. But I didn't touch on it as much as I wanted to. So I'm glad you brought that up. Sports is definitely tough uh, to do in the fall in the same time, like you said, with uh, football. I think the only thing I can think of is when a football game is going on, if they would ever schedule, you know, soccer up at Jesse Owens Memorial or for some reason, a women's volleyball game at Cavelli. I don't know why you'd pick to schedule uh, in a, in the primetime spot that we all know football has, especially when it's a home game on campus. There was, was a game well, that I was they, doing. Didn't they have women's hockey? Yeah, I was just about to say there was a game I was doing with Neil Sika where they had uh, where women's hockey hosted Minnesota State at the same time as that Ohio State home game against Michigan State, and it was uh, it was one of those things where you're like, we schedule this hockey game. For one, for when we have a noon football game going on quite literally across the street, 
it was one of the more questionable scheduling decisions I've seen of my year. But, you know, when you have basketball and hockey at the same time, it's not usually an issue. That'll do it for us here on this Monday. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at State of Mind OSU for the latest updates regarding our show. Thank you once again for being patient as uh, Tyler recovered from his voice. We're glad to hear you uh, back again, even if there are some, uh, even if you're a bit more hoarse than usual, Tyler. It's always good to hear your voice. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yes, if you couldn't tell, my voice is a little bit hoarse, but. What matters, though, is the information and the commentary we bring to you in the world of Buckeye athletics. I think that's what matters most. Your voice may be suffering from a cold, but your opinions are just as hot as ever. I appreciate that. That means a lot. That'll do it for us, as I said, on this Monday. We'll see you again on Friday. But until then, for Tyler Danberg, I'm Caleb Spinner. That's the show. We're out of here. <laughs>